Good morning to everybody. This is a privilege, and it's also very scary, just to let you know, but there's been a word growing in me for weeks, just like, like my daughter is seven months pregnant, just like that, like something needs to be birthed. And two weeks ago, I got a phone call. And I was on my knees, probably sanding woodwork in, in, in uh, Shreveport, and, and Kiva said, Where do you, are you going to be around on the 30th? And that's a really good question, because I've been gone a lot. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. She goes, well, I've been praying about it, and I think God would want you to speak to us that day. And my first impression was, yes, let's do it. As I got closer to today, I'm going, what in the world have I done? <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. So I've, I think I got about four hours sleep last night. I'm just wired, literally. And so um, I just want you to know, first off, how much God loves us. He loves us so much. He wants the best for us. I, I am coming to you today not as a preacher. I'm coming to you today as a messenger. So that's how you need to receive this. You will be receiving it from a messenger that loves this church with his whole heart. This is where I met my wife. This is where my children, this is where I have grown in the Lord. I love this church. So everything I share today with you is going to be encapsulated in love. Encapsulated. Let me tell you this part. Sometimes we get sick and we have to take penicillin. If you open that penicillin up, put it on your hand, and licked it, it would taste awful. Okay, if you take this today without love, it's going to taste awful. So I want you to know this is encapsulated in the love. Not only my love, but God loves this place with every part of his being. And he has, I, I have been here since 1980, and he's loved this place a lot longer than that. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. He wants us to walk in a place where we will be the most successful for his kingdom. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I bounce around a lot. There are no PowerPoints. You're just going to have to turn in your Bible when we get to okay? So, our scripture today is found in Joshua. And we're going to read... Joshua chapter 1 first um, through verse uh, 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. That was Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore... Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down the sun, shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so 
I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from my, your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that was the end of that. We're going to start with chapter 3. And we will go through. Well, I guess until I stop. <laughs> the, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out for Ar- a- Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was, after three days, that the officers went through the camp. They commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord our God and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. I'd like to pray real quick. Father, I pray that the presence of your Holy Spirit inundate this room. Be so strong. Father, I pray that the words that come forth from me will be clear, Father, to the people that are hearing. Father, that that your very presence is so strong in this room that the clarity will be stronger than ever before, that they may understand what the message is that you're trying to give us. Father, I bind in the name of Jesus and by his authority any religious spirit that would rise up and try to to block uh, the hearing of this word. I bind it in Jesus' name. You cannot operate today. Father, I pray that that you would have your way, that your kingdom would come today, your will would be done. And then when we leave this place, we will be more like the people you've called us and destined us to be than we were when we walked in. I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Why did I read that scripture today? I read that scripture because that's exactly where we are right now. We are standing at the Jordan. And Jesus, which is the presence of God, which is the Ark of the Covenant, is beckoning us to cross over into where he's called us and destined us to go. Now, this is the promised land, but God has a destiny for this church that he means for us to walk in, and he's ready for us to go that way if we so choose. 
The thing about us is we have been given a free will, so we have a choice. We can go or we cannot. And I would like to bring clarity what it is. What does it look like on this side of the Jordan where we've been walking for some time? And what's it look like on the other side? I've been here, like I said, since 1980, and I've seen the cycles of the way that we operate in our church. It's not much different than others, but this morning, God wants to say, there's a higher way. You're to that point again where you can choose whether you're going to go back around and go back through the wilderness again, and I will be with you. I won't leave you or forsake you. I will go that way if you choose, but there's a higher way. There's a better way, and that's where he's calling us to today, the better way. On this side, we operate our churches like we operate our corporate world. We go out and we look for a leader that has charisma, that can preach, that can counsel, that can change diapers. I mean... We look for a leader that has so many positive characteristics, there aren't hardly any of them there. And then we pick the best one, we put them in place, and then we work them very hard. We've done that three times. We've done that three times. And it works, it gets us by. But there's something different. We, we are coming to this church. We come here and like Sunday. You're here today. I want to suggest that where we're walking today, the, the struggles that we walk through, the hard times we're having, are not because of who the leader is. I would like to interject that it's the laity. It's us. We come to church and we expect the pastor on a Sunday to give us everything we need in order to operate and live and eat on for the week. And we go home and we don't feed ourselves. We, we, have, we live in a world that teaches us. You turn on a TV for five minutes, you turn on a radio for five minutes, you go down a highway and look at billboards. They teach us that everything revolves around me, us. What's best for me? How do I feel? Did I go into church service and, and that music wasn't quite good enough for me and I didn't like it? Uh, that sermon didn't minister to me? I'm not going to eat that this week. Remember, this is encapsulated in, 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 in love. Okay? Now here's the deal. Here's what I want you to see. I want, God shows me pictures. Okay? So I watch movies. I see pictures. Here's the picture. We know, because we are religious, that you should have the fruit of the Spirit on, on your branch. Jesus is the vine, right? We're the branches. And that we should have the fruits of the Spirit growing on our branches. If you only eat once a week, and sometimes not that week if you didn't like the sermon, there's not much nourishment going through you. There's not much connection to that vine. There's not much flowing through you to go to your branch, and there is no fruit on your branch. There is no fruit. So you know there should be fruit. You know that. And so you go to Hobby Lobby, and you buy all those fruit that look just like real fruit, and you tape them onto your branch. And when people come into the church, they look and go, there's fruit on that branch. 
this looks like a viable place. And then they go up to the branch and they take one of those pieces of fruit, they take it off and bite it. <coughs> Plastic. You are no different than the world. And they're out of here. It is not the pastors or the leadership of our church's responsibility for us to grow. They should train us, but it's our responsibility to spend time with the one that created us. Okay? That's this side. What does it look like on the other side of Jordan where God is calling us to go? It looks like this. We are the sheep of his pasture that spend time with him, stay connected to him, spend time in the word, spend time listening to him. And there is so much of the river of life flowing through us. It goes through us. We're not concentrating on the branch. When you are concentrating on your connection to Jesus, you're not worried about what the fruit looks like. But what's happening is, as you concentrate on your connection with Jesus and walking with him, the fruit starts popping out on that limb. And it pops out everywhere. And then, you know what happens? You know what happens? When people come into your church, and you're one that spends time in the Word, listening to God, walking with Him, and when He walk in and they take a, a piece of that fruit off, they taste and see that the Lord is good. They taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what it looks like on the other side, where Jesus wants us to go. God showed me a picture one time of us walking down a path. And it talks about our Christian walk as walking down a path. And it's a narrow path when you're walking with Jesus. Well, we were walking on a path. I was with a bunch of other people. And we were walking along. And um, we were following Jesus. And I look up and all of a sudden there wasn't anybody else with me. I'm going, where did they go? And so I stopped, and I turned around, and I went back down the path we had come from. And as I went about two football fields length, I started looking to the right and left, and there were these carnival booths set up on the side. And everybody was there playing games. They had stopped, and they were throwing baseballs at things to knock down to win toys. And they were throwing darts to break balloons, and they were just playing all these games. And the enemy had set those up to distract them they turned to the right or the left. They didn't stay straight. Turning to the right or left is what it looks like on this side of the Jordan. On the other side of the Jordan, we don't turn to the right or left. We are who God created us to be. We stay straight. We walk down that path. We keep following him. We do not lose sight of him. Because on that side, we don't know that territory. That's what it said in Joshua. It said, stay close to the Ark of the Covenant because you've never been there before. You need to keep your eye on him. We will have to stay close to Jesus across the Jordan because we don't know that land. If we decide to stay on this side, we've been around this for 30 years, so we know exactly where every rock is, so we don't have to worry about where Jesus is really. We know how to go. We know where to turn. I was talking to... Jesus about it. I said, okay, what, what is your word today for us? What do, you, what do you want us to hear? He said, I want you to tell him to walk with me. I want you to tell him to walk with me. 
What does that look like, walking with him? Well, he said, tell them I want to teach them how to hear my voice clearly. Tell them I want to teach them how to become other-centered instead of self-centered. And tell them I want to give them every gift that I've got for them in order for them to have the power and strength to walk on this side. So I'm going to tell you about that today. This is the last Sunday of this year. It's not a coincidence that we're starting a new year, and it's not a coincidence that God is asking you to make a decision today. Do you want to stay on this side? And he'll stay with us. It won't be the best, though. Or do you want to be bold and brave and step over the Jordan today and become who God called you to be? Come to your destiny. It's important to hear God's voice. Let me um, read you these two scriptures I pulled out. Most assuredly, this is John 10, 1 through 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, uh, by the sheepfold by the door, enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. They follow him. That's what he asked us to do, walk with him. We were created to walk with Jesus. In the garden, we walked with God. And the first things he said to the disciples were, come, follow me. That's what we were created for, to follow him. And other sheep I have, that's us, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. That gets you, doesn't get you off the hook, folks. We're the other folks, not the Jews. My vo- and there will be one flock and one shepherd. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Notice it doesn't say, my special sheep hear my voice. My select, chosen, only you hear my voice. It says, even the people that sit on the back row hear my voice. Right, John? Okay, that's right. We all hear his voice. Now, my wife encouraged me. She said, Scott, some people struggle with that, and they don't quite get that yet and they think that well maybe if I don't hear his voice then maybe I don't really know him and maybe I'm not saved and that's bull that's a, that's a lie from the enemy okay it's a lie from the enemy God wants to teach us God wants to teach us how to hear his voice Jesus wants to teach us where best than with friends you know that way you can make a mistake and they still, we still love each other. It's important we hear his voice. Let me give you a little story. This is something that happened to me, and this is something that will kind of give you. Some of you already know it, but a lot of you don't. Two years ago, I, I, I'd loaned my trailer to the youth group, which, you know, I do a lot because they go on these trips and they need their equipment, and, and Mike always calls me and says, please, 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 and I said, oh, you know, you can have it because uh, Jeff never remembered to call me. Is that a surprise? <laughs> anyway, 
So the, two years ago, um, they borrowed my trailer. And, and I put everything in there, the jack and, the, you know, everything they need and the, and the spare tire. And, the, and it comes back after the weekend, and I go to hook up to it and get in, and, and there's no spare tire in there. And I said, oh, guys, where's the spare tire? I need to get it to put in the trailer. He goes, oh, it's in the church van. Well, can I have a key so I can get in and get it? He goes, oh, we've already deposited it in a room we can't get in anymore, and so you'll have to get it next week. I said, okay, that's fine, because I don't use it all the time. And so uh, the next week I came to church and asked the same question. Well, it was, the key was in the daycare that time, and they couldn't get in. And so I tried one more week. And so this time I was in faith, okay, in faith. I parked my Suburban right next to that van. I knew I was going to get it that week. <laughs> Guess what? I couldn't get in yet. So, you know, it was a very unusual week. I talked after church. No, surely, that's a, that's a joke. Okay, I was like the last person to leave. And so I was walking across the parking lot over to my Suburban, which was parked next to the van, which had my spare tire in it. And God said, your suburban key will open the door of that van. And I said, okay. And, and the reason I said okay is because I'd already learned what his voice sounded like. So I knew if he, if he said it, it was true. And so I took my keys out of my pocket, walked over to the back of the church van, put my suburban key in the back door, and click, it opened. Cool. So I opened the door. I took that spare tear out. I put it in my suburban. I... Close the door, and I locked it with my key, too. That was even cooler. <laughs> now, that's fun, okay? But that's not the, the message comes next. I was pulling out of the parking lot, and he said, Scott, you have so many keys. You have so many keys in your pocket. If you just listen to me, I'd tell you when to use them, and your way would be easier. That's why we have to listen. That's why we have to listen. He wants to change our heart. So we don't have to listen on this side. It's good to. On the other side, it's going to be imperative that we listen and learn how to hear his voice. On this side, we can stay self-centered. We can be more concerned about what, what, if the lighting was proper or if there's a cross in the sanctuary or if the carpet's green or blue. And that's an old joke. Um, <laughs> we, we can worry about those things. But on the other side, we have to ask God. And you can't do this on your own. In fact, if you focus on changing something that's negative in your heart, all you'll do is become more like that. The only way that you can do it is becoming closer and closer to Jesus. And as we do that those negative things will go away. They'll vanish without us even thinking about it. Did you know that we are not blessed for us? In the song we sang, we're blessed for the world. God blesses us so that we can bless the world. God blesses us. He wants us to be so connected to the vine, so connected, so much river of life flowing through us that Everyone we come in contact with tastes and see that the Lord is good. Did you know sheep, only sheep can reproduce sheep? Shepherd can't do that. The only way we're going to reproduce sheep is when we come in contact with our friends at school or our friends at work 
and there's so much of God flowing through us, they look at us and say, I want what you've got. What is it? And you can tell them. The other thing is, besides the fact that he wants us to walk with him, he wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to let him teach us how to go from other, uh, uh, self-centered to other-centered. He wants us to have every gift, every gift that he's got ready for us to use in order to accomplish the task of taking this new territory that he's calling us to. I close my eyes, and, and in this room, there's vines all over the wall. And on those vines, there are presents with bows and decorated elaborately. And did you know, everyone in this room has one of those on the wall with your name on it. Everyone. Some of you have opened yours already. I'm not saying everybody hasn't. But God has a special gifting for you so that you can take it, operate in it, and so that we can be the body of Christ that he's called us to be. The best gift. The one that we take so much for granted. The one that hardly anybody in the Old Testament was privileged to walk with. That's the Holy Spirit. He wants us to walk fully and completely filled at all times with the Holy Spirit. So that when we even touch someone, that Holy Spirit goes flowing through us to them. Now, the trick is, it's not for us. It's not so that we look good. Not so that, oh, I'm spiritual. Look at me. No. It has to be coupled with the fact that you're listening to God. You're going from self-centered to other-centered. And then when you walk in the gifts, the gates of hell will not be able to be, prevail against us. So today, right now, we stand at the Jordan. We stand at the Jordan. Jesus is standing in the middle there. The, 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 the water is already piled up. There's dry land before us. There's dry land before us. And he says, come. Come the higher way. Come the higher way. Do, do you want to walk with Jesus? Do you, do you want... To be able to hear his voice. Do you want him to help you learn how to be other-centered instead of self-centered? Do you want all the gifts, all the gifts that he has for us? I'm going to read you a scripture. This is how he feels about giving things away. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If then, being evil, 
you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Um, God wants us to make a decision today. He would like for us to make a decision today. He's not going to push us. We have free will. But the bank of the Jordan is right here. Right here. He wants you to come and ask him to teach you how to walk with him, to give you courage, to make you bold. He wants to teach you how to hear his voice. You just have to ask. He wants to teach you how to be other-centered instead of self-centered. All you have to do is ask. Those are the kind of things he's going to jump all over to give you. He wants you to ask him to give you the gifts that we need to walk there. Now, women, I am not pushing you off to the side, but I have to talk to the men right now. Okay? I invite you to come when the time has come to do that. Men, you are mighty warriors of the Most High God. Mighty warriors. That's who you are. That's who you were created to be. That's who you're supposed to be. Mighty warriors of the Most High God. What has happened? We haven't taken our place. Or we have walked the path. We've been drawn away off to the left or the right. Satan is mean. He's a liar. He brings you over and says, come over here and look at this pornography. And we get addicted. Come over here and and, and flirt with this woman that's not your wife. And we get addicted. And then he says, come, get addicted to drugs and alcohol. It'll, It'll free you from what you're worrying about. And we go there. We go there. And we get trapped to the left or the right. That is not who we are. We are mighty mighty warriors of the Most High God. Mighty warriors of the Most High God. When you get stuck there, then Satan comes and whispers to you and he says, you'll never be any good for God's kingdom anymore because you're tainted. Because you have done this pornography and you've done it and you know it and you'll never be able to minister anymore or be in God's kingdom. A lie from the pit of hell. A lie from the pit of hell. So he draws you in, and then he lies to you to keep you there. In the name of Jesus Christ, and the power of the risen Christ, I release you from that today. I release you in Jesus' name. I pray the blood of Jesus over each one of you. I release you. You are mighty warriors of the Most High God. We are called to walk, and I'm calling you forth because the men need to go first. The men need to go first. We have so long let the women do this stuff. It is time for the men to become who we were created to be. Okay? So, we're going to play some music. There will be people that can pray with you, if you would like. You can, you can ask God for these gifts sitting right where you're at. You don't have to come forward. But I'm challenging us as the body of Christ here at First United Methodist Church. Let's cross over the Jordan this year. He will still love us if we don't. However, the greater path is crossing the Jordan.
the greater path is. And that's where he's calling us to go.